Welcome to That American Football Show, powered by EP Sports. EP Sports is the top supplier in the UK for all your American football needs, helping players and coaches reach their potential since 2007. Check them out at epsports.co.uk. Tonight, we are joined by British American Football Association um, Chief Executive, uh, Pete Ackley. Uh, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh, it's great to see you. Absolute pleasure, guys. Nice to be here. Um, Things have certainly yeah. changed since we last spoke in May. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's been it's been pretty tough to be fair you know there's been a lot of changes and um you know i think i think where we were and you know where we thought we would be i think i think we you know the great thing now is we've you know we've built this whole return to play process with a very specific end in mind and that's that's been one of the that's been one of the, the really tough things about getting back to play about having a long, a long lead-in and mm. preparation, but also it's been one of the great things. For, and and I, you know, and I take this opportunity now just to, to to thank everybody in our game out there, from the coaches, the volunteers, the players, the officials, the people in the clubs who are helping organise this. You know, it it's not been easy. You know, it's been really tough, and we've put some pretty onerous obligations and 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 i can't i'm not apologizing for that because they they are the obligations we have to we have to meet to be able to return to play this weekend and it's one of those moments or days it's always felt a little bit just out of reach (laughs) always were just getting there and and this weekend uh it's been there i mean it's it's been fabulous just to doing the club again just again i take my hat off to clubs and coaches and players to adhere to the guidance to adhere to the obligations to understand you know we're very privileged you know we're we're not subject to the usual and we haven't been subject to the usual uh, guidance that everybody else has in their normal everyday lives because we're a sport and we're getting back to physical activity and and play so we've been given a very privileged situation and thankfully we've we've now been able to to get everybody back to that point where we can now play our sport and you know it's uh i'm sure it would be uh i'm sure there'll be a few few people quite emotional on sunday quite quite excited quite quite you know pumped up ready to play and 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 it's been one of those just you know i, I don't want to go back to it's unprecedented it's a global it is what it is and we've got to where we are and that's been due to so so many people within our game volunteers who have given up and when I say hours of their time to get us to where we are, I mean literally hours from you know Warren Smart, Amanda McDonald, and you know, each of the commission leads from Kyle Taylor and Srini Saji and Flag Football to get us to where we are. Uh, our, our youth football has been a challenge. It's been a real challenge to get because you add you add in the complexities of people wanting to play double headers, so you want. You want the adult team and the, and the under 19s to play on the same day. Our referees have been immense in terms of how they've been supporting us, supporting the clubs and teams. They've been to scrimmages, they've been to practices, they've been sharing how they're going to referee. It, in many, many ways, it's just brought the whole game together. You know, and we, we all want to play, right? <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. We all want to get on the field, we want to play. So, um, I'll be uh, I'll be getting to a game on Sunday on Sunday at some point, hopefully, and 
I just, you know, it, it's it's still a different season. It's still a hybrid season, yeah. and you know we can't get away from that. It's still not a normal. I hate that word. I hate that word, by the way. Now, normal. I don't, I'm just, um, but it's just getting back to that's getting on a field. Let's play, and, and we're doing it amongst, you know, unfortunately, a, a background of rising cases, challenging issues. Um, uh, we've still got some challenges in each of the home countries. Just you know, whichever way we look at this, I'm still yeah. having to work this through. Scotland's different to England's different to Wales, and we're having to. Yeah. balance that across everything else we do so again i i, I cannot thank our, our you know, volunteers who work for us enough but i can't also thank the clubs and teams out there who've appreciated what we've had to do and they've been massively supportive in in terms of well let's get a season let's let's at least get a season on and let's look at it differently and that's what we've been able to do really you know take this season is a very different season, but enabling us to play football, get on a field, review what we're doing. And, hey, do you know what? There'll be some things that we do this year. We might go, do you know what? I've never thought of doing that before. Yeah. And actually, that might be actually quite a good thing in the in the longer term. So, yeah, very much um, from my point of view, you know, came on in, what, October 19? Um, sort of GB game in October. I've not seen any football since. So, it's... Uh, <laughs> There's been so, yeah, you know, there's been a bit of women's football. But that's, that's been fun. We've been able to see some of that. That actually, you know, and for some of the guys, you know, and girls out there, they haven't played. They haven't actually been on a field. So yeah. there's been some, you know, I guess there's that whole thing about practice, and we can we've 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 been able to gradually return people to play and gradually return the intensity, but nothing will ever replace. Yeah, a game. So, yeah, I hope those bodies are ready on Sunday. I'm sure they are. But uh. yeah, I mean, talking to the players, like they've been so good with kind of how how they have to keep their discipline and uh, kind of just keep it all together. And yeah, like you said, it's palpable that everyone's just wanted to get back on the field and start hitting people. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I do really want. I, I can't. This is going to sound really condescending. It's not meant to. But just thank you because. It's not easy because the natural thing is we want to do what we've always done and imposing the restrictions and the return to play protocols. Because it's not just once you get on a field, you can do it. The protocols before, when you arrive at practice and now at a game and what you can do or not do on the sidelines, they're, they're pretty onerous. And, you know, we've, we've issued some... Some, some pretty long directives and said to people like this is what you're going to have to do. if you want to play this is what we're going to have to do and that's where I really absolutely take my heart off to the game to the players and gone okay that's what we have to do that's what we'll do and we are where we are we're back to being I guess to as play. you said as well you're at the mercy of different messages coming from different governments in different parts of the country as well yeah and it's it's a matter of getting those messages and translating them into different regions. And at yeah. some points during this, we were in different regions within, and we still are in, you know, we're still in different regions within Scotland, what you can do in certain parts of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to measure all of that and get everybody back safely. And, and, and again, I don't make any, I don't make any apology. We've still got to get out there and be safe. We've still, you know, this is, this whole thing is bigger than 
the game. It's bigger than you know our sport. Let's just get back safely. Let's get back on a field, and you know we'll ultimately we'll, we will get there. You're on mute. <laughs> It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a Zoom call without it. I feel really. like that's the first time it's caught. We, we've been pretty good. That's the first time anyone's ever done that. That's, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I've made some great speeches, totally silent, by the way, in the last eight months. <laughs> they haven't gone down well, but then you forget completely what you've just been trying to say. So, <laughs> um, so what I was saying was, um, obviously, we don't have Warren with us today, um, but so feel free if you can't talk about it too much. But um, kind of, what were the the main we've talked about the governments but with scheduling and realignment yeah. this year what were the, the main tr- tr- troubles and difficulties you had i think i think the challenges were there were there were many fold but it, the challenges first and foremost was the risk assessment of each individual club and individual people were very different some people you know you know i just want to play football i want to get i want to play tomorrow and i don't you know that's what i want to do and you've got the risk um some people a bit more risk averse and totally understandably why they've probably had challenges in their families. They've, they've probably quite a lot of our people working in, in uh, the emergency services. So they're seeing things in a very different way than perhaps you and I are. So, so their, their level of risk um, that they or perception of risk is very different. So we first and foremost had to, uh, yeah, okay, we can say we're going to play, first and foremost, but then we're going to have to return to play within a three different home countries guidance, 70 odd different teams perception of risk and what they were prepared to do. Each and every individual player, what they, their, their views were. Then we had to be totally realistic. And I think this is where Warren has been immense. And I, you know, again, can't thank him enough. It's okay. What are the real challenges for our clubs? Yeah, because you know, we've, clubs have not had any income for a number of months. We, if we just go into a national program, there's the costs and impact of bus hire, travel distances, you know, the cost of travel, you know, um, without doubt within our sport people have been challenged economically themselves in terms of their own personal circumstances so before you even think about putting a schedule together you've got to balance a whole range of challenges of who wants to play who doesn't how far do people actually want to travel and who doesn't how competitive do you want the season to be we haven't played for 18 months we've some people haven't been in a gym for a number of months, yeah. so we've got to we've got to do all of those things to get back ready to play, and that's before you even then start to say, okay, so if we can do this, how many games can we play? Because then, then you, as we were building this through, um, and again, again, take my hat off to the authorities, whether it be DCMS or whether it be Sport England Scotland or Sport Wales, their support has been huge to not just our governing body, but to a lot in terms of their guidance and their and their support of, you know, we can do that, but you shouldn't be doing that. And we think, yeah, you know, and they've been really cognizant and being, being a, essentially a contact combat sport, we were at a much higher risk than yeah. cricket or tennis or golf for argument's sake. So we have to add in all the, the nuances. 
And I think one of the things that was huge at the start, what we were not prepared to do was compromise the integrity of the sport. Yeah. We, yeah, we could have just gone, do you know what? We can we can play five-a-side touch versions or seven-a-side touch version, and do you know what? We don't need to play. Now, that's not our sport. Yeah. Which has been, and again, this has been the huge thing for our sport in terms of flag. We've been able to get flag football back really a lot earlier. So that's been great for flag. It's one of our big priorities to grow the game. So that's been huge in terms of being able to bring a lot more flag teams together. But all of those factors that I've just talked about have then got to be put in the mix. And then and then if you start to go, oh, we don't want to travel too far for economic reasons and cost reasons. And, and let's be frank, you don't want to have huge amounts of people moving all over the country at yeah. any one time. We don't have a perfect storm in terms of all all our prem teams are in the same place or all our Div one teams are in the same place. So then you mix in different levels, which also I think is it's actually a big big opportunity that comes out of this whole thing. So some of our newer teams are now able to play some games. So our associate teams have been been able to join in and they can get some more football that they would have perhaps ordinarily not got. And then we've got some of those, okay, so we've got some fairly strong teams playing against some, you know, by their own admission, well, we're not we're not a Div 1 team, we're a Div 2 team, and we now maybe have to play a Prem team. And we've tried to work that through. And again, absolutely taking my hat off to some of the head coaches have been working together. And this is the, this is the beauty of our sport and the community of British American football, going, okay, so we're now we're going to play your team yes we're a premier division team and we're going to be playing a div two team so we know you you know you're a little bit more inexperienced than we are but hey this is what we can do together and we can we can alter our roster accordingly we can help you develop and that's got to be good for our sport not brilliant and that's you know and and, within that there's some great games you know we've got you know there are a couple of divisions where you've got you know four prem teams together and you know that will be gun barrel you know down the line so they'll play and that's and that's great also so it's just being able to create the the regional conferences but also understanding that mix of you know um quality and and ability and 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 what they actually want to to achieve out the season but if everybody gets the end of the season and everyone's improved everyone's learned something everyone's developed everyone's at a different place and myself and the team have been able to get around and start to talk to everybody going, okay, so, and again, I've talked to this on the last time I was on, this is our long-term strategy for the game. We need to professionalise the game and inspire more people to play and play a part. What can we learn from this season to take that forward to next yeah. season and the year after and the year after that? So this is not straight, right, okay, 2022, as it was, flip the switch and see what happens. No, let's take this season and it's learning. And, you know, um, we're going to be making some announcements this week, possibly maybe early next week, um, some new support for the National Football League around uh, organising and running the game, some more um, areas of looking at developing the game. You know, so, you know, this is... In some ways, it's a big challenge, and I, and I absolutely understand that. It's probably a challenge for a lot of teams and clubs and head coaches and GMs. 
it's also a massive opportunity for the yeah. to develop the game in a in a different way. And what can we learn from this? And probably one of those things that in years gone by, these are the opportunities that come on. You go, we'll never get an opportunity to try X or Y or Z. Actually, we were able to have a have a look at that and you know you know one of the biggest things and anybody listening to the the podcast and i is we're in listening mode what are the things that you like about what we're doing this year what are the things oh that, that we don't like that and what else can we learn from that what else could we do yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a case of like necessities the mother of invention yeah. like you said you're gonna yeah. be bringing all this new stuff that you've had to do and some of it's gonna stick yeah i think that's a fair point and you know, some some of it will just not stick, and I understand that, and I'm not I'm not naive to think anybody's going to love certain things about this. But but let's just you know, what else can we do? Yeah, you know, what? How else could we look at this? And yeah, you know, there's some great opportunity. Yeah, you know, there's always opportunity in a challenge, and that's what we've got to find. We've got to find the opportunity yeah. in the challenge. You know, not that. Well, what's the? You know, there's an opportunity here, and everyone finds the challenges for it, and. That, no, it's, let's look. Let's be positive. Let's look forward and let's look at how we can develop the game. And you know, we've set a really ambitious. We had a, a major board meeting uh, last weekend. Well, weekend, sorry, weekend before, um, where the, the board were all together for two two and a half days and had those conversations about. Okay, we're we're in the foothills of a long, long journey. You know, climb up a mountain now. But there's some great opportunities ahead. We want to be a high-performing national governing body. We want to be focused on our players, so making the decisions based on players. We've said very, very clearly we want, our, we want our sport to be accessible, safe and inclusive, but hugely enjoyable. And probably the major factor that came out of the board is let's, let's not be a traditional governing body or a traditional business that says, right, we're going to have a load of key performance indicators. You know, people out there will rec- they'll probably work for these organisations who say, right, we're going to do 10 of these, five of them, 100 of them. And if we don't do that, we change direction in two years yeah. because it's not working. So let's, so let's take a slightly different view of this. And let's take that 10-year 10, 10 longer-term ambition and go, right, okay. So we've said our culture and beliefs are, as an organisation, we're going to be high-performing and we're going to be professionalising the game and we're going to inspire more people to play and play a part. So we can measure them, those things. But let's look at, more importantly, how are we going to be progressive? And let's try and think about what progressive is. And, and parts of what we're doing this year are progressive. They're not all, and I get that, they're not all progressive, but there's some really progressive issues there. Have we, be res- have we been responsive? Well, the season looks like it looks, not because Warren Smart and others said this is how it's going to be. We spoke to the clubs. We got them together. We listened to what their challenges were. We listened to, and, you know, we didn't give everybody everything they wanted because that's, that's ridiculous, but we listened to what their challenges were and how could we get around the vast majority of them. So being responsive and listening to their needs is important. You know, are we, are we being inclusive? Yeah, well, let's look at how we're inclusive. But probably the biggest thing is, are we driven by doing the right things and doing things right? And I think for this year, we've, 
we've done the right things and we've done things right for this year. And that's important that we measure that. And we now how successful we are, that 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 proof of the pudding will be as the season develops. But is it enjoyable? Uh, well, right now, all I'm getting is people going, well, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, so yeah, let's create that. But let's also not let's not be let's not be naive and think, you know, phew, we've got the season on, let's sit back and let it happen. Yeah. And, and then we'll re- then we'll regroup in October when we've had a couple of, you know, a few games and it all looks okay. Because there's massive challenges around the whole thing about, you know, can't play GB games. You know, you can't travel around Europe. We, you've got a world championship for flag football in December in Jerusalem. Now, the day that was, or the week that was announced a few weeks ago, the, the, the following week, there was what we saw on the yeah. national headlines. So all of those things are just challenges that we, we have to look at. So, you know, we've got, we've got some great people in our sport who are contributing immensely around a new coaching strategy, working with the referees and, offici- and officials on an officiating strategy and how we're close together. We're working really closely with the NFL, the CFL. And it just, it just feels, okay, if I'm being brutally honest, have we covered ourselves in glory around the youth football fixtures this year? Hands up. No, we haven't. And I apologise, you know, wholeheartedly that we could have done that a whole heap better. But we've got to where we are. There's still some real challenges where teams are. And for the right reasons, have probably gone, I think we can get a team. I think we can get a team. I think we can fall their fixtures. And then, actually, no, we can't. Yeah. And that's fine. And there's been, and there will be no penalties. There will be no... There'll be no blame for that. But what it's telling me, more importantly, is what do we do now to su- support our clubs and our teams to be able to be sustainable in the long term? Where are our challenges and weaknesses and what do we need to do to support them? And, you know, this, this is enabling us to do that. And again, the plea is, is, is out there. What support do people need? You know, there's not a... I think it's sometimes it's almost a well. You're the clubs and the teams. You crack on. You you deal with it. And yeah. you know, no, we're we're a sport collective here. You know, and if we're going to professionalise this game in the long term, we have to look at the support to our clubs, support to our teams, support to our coaches, support to our volunteers, to be able to have all the right skills to develop our sport. And then applying all the safe safeguarding and well-being and inclusion uh, demands that will be made of as a, as a, as a high-performing governing body. I think I was going to ask you about player development. Um, mm. We were actually speaking to Samuel Oram Jones. He's a British guy. He plays running back at USC, came through the university ranks, played at Durham. Um, he was saying that he, he loved playing in Britain, got great support from Durham University, etc., but you also said there's a lot of players who could play at uni level in the US, but obviously in the US, no one knows anything about the British game. I think he actually said he was MVP and scored a touchdown in the national championship game at uni level. But when he was going trying to get into college, they were like, well, we don't care. They were more concerned about a 15-year-old playing at high school level. And one 
thing he said about that was there was not a lot of game tape. And obviously, this is down to finances and level of the teams. Certain teams could provide game tape that they could view, they could use. Other teams didn't take games at all. But I think having people like that, British players playing at USC, is a huge boost for the game. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the big things that came out of the board meeting a couple of weeks ago is that was one of the things we were talking about in this long-term professionalization of the game. Essentially, you know, there's four key areas. There's the participation levels. So let's get more people playing at every level from schools right through. There's our people who coach and volunteer and officiate. Let's get more of them. Let's make them better. Uh, there's the places we play. We have to get some really strong clubs and, and make them sustainable and the right facilities. So they're, they're the three biggest. But the fourth key factor is we've got to, we've got to develop players and we, we've got to get a player development pathway which is focused on giving the players the best opportunities to, to excel. Yeah. And as you say, you know, straight away, and I, I totally understand, Div one, you know, college football in the state. That's that's got. We've got some phenomenally good university football programs in Britain. Yeah, there's some great coaches delivering some very very strong programs. So that that you know, there's there's an ability for us to drive and develop what we do in university football, which means linking our clubs and our universities closer together. It's making that pathway really well known. There's without doubt now the support we're getting from both the NFL and CFL in terms of the player pathways. Yeah, we, we create great athletes and players. But what we have to make sure is that everything surrounding that is, is right to develop them. Are we there right now? No, of course we're not. But that's, that's the whole point about having a 10-year long-term vision to develop this. And... and big parts of that is is making what we do focus on the ability to develop the player not oh we've got a great club and we've got some good players and we'll mm. we'll look at we'll yeah. keep them well what's the bigger picture what is that big big picture that us colleges go you know what british players they're, they're people we should be looking at and what's crazy not what we're getting that's what we're providing look up four years at university like he didn't play anything before uni i think he played three four years at uni and that his talent level was at that level already he could go to usc and just become the, the running starting running back for him yeah and you know i think and i think that's the understanding of our sport again part and, you know i'm not i'm, I'm not a coach or a, a an elite uh, coach within american football but i've worked in many other sports developing elite sport programs the principles are the same <laughs> what we have to understand is we're probably a late developing sport yeah yeah you've just hit yeah. a nail on the head there you know didn't play to university but then after four years it, that you know bingo so if we are late if we are a late developing sport let's focus in our early years on just getting all the fundamentals right that we've got agility balance coordination speed some skill levels, real high level skill levels, and we develop that. Rather than trying to replicate the adult game, yeah, but under 14s, 15s. Yeah. Let's 
let's just understand that what do they need to be able to do at 1920? And let's ensure that we can develop that. Now, that's one of the things that um, I'm really going to be looking at as once I see some football and going out and seeing some football and seeing what, what, people, what, what we're doing and what our clubs are doing. And some of our clubs are doing some fantastic stuff. But let's make it about developing the players. Yeah. Not about coaches winning trophies at under 14 and 15 and 16. Mm-hmm. The greatest respect. It's nice and I get it and people want to win. <laughs> What's the long? What's the long-term game for British American football in doing that? And, and so that's, that's the key factors that I think is that's this whole this thing whole about pro- professionalizing our game. I don't yeah, mean just yeah. paying players. I mean professionalizing everything about our game, our coaching, our structures, our developing our players. And again, you said there, Tim, very much about having a really closely defined player development pathway so mm-hmm. what do I, what do we need a 16 year old to be doing what do we yeah. need a 17 year old to be able to do what do we need them to do before they go to university or, and that's about and, and then there's a whole heap of transferable skills from yeah. other sports that can drop in at 17 18 19 have, probably having never played the sport before we might have seen yeah. it okay so what do we now need to do with those individuals to get them to that level to where they need to be so and again i always start to get quite excited when i talk about this that's the beauty of this sport we've got massive potential massive opportunity let's not look too narrow in our in our thought process uh, and kind of finally you, you mentioned kind of the, the long-term plan quite a bit um, with the uh, European League of Football kicking off last weekend, uh, they announced that they'd be hoping to get a London team in next year. And there's obviously like the Scottish Claymores and obviously other potential there. Uh, with all these professional leagues like the ELF and the UKFL starting up, where exactly does Baffer fit in with that? And does their, does the goal kind of inf- get influenced by them at all? I think it does. I, th- I think it would be ridiculous not to look at all of the these potential developments the opportunities that are out there and I, and I come back all the time we're a national governing body we don't run leagues yeah. our job is to create the structure in our sport to ensure that our sport's successful and is successful in the long term so it's about okay so what do we create for our sport in competitive terms, in coaching terms, in playing terms, in participation terms that enables ultimately long-term success. And, you know, one of those things is to look at, you know, all these opportunities, you know, uh, we've said, we've, you know, we made a really clear, we want to professionalize our game in the long term. Now, you know, we'll, I suspect within the next couple of months or so, uh, you know, here's the heads up. I suspect somewhere on the London Games we'll be announcing externally these are the big key factors of our long-term strategy because that seems a you know we'll be ready to announce that then. And there'll be some big key factors in there. You know, what do we want with five years time, ten years time, and and, and those are those are then key milestones that yeah, guess what we can be measured by ultimately. And if people say you've not done it, well, so be it. <laughs> we, you know. Someone will you know, knock on my door and move me on if I've not done what I've said I'm going to do. But the important thing is, is to create what the right sustainable opportunities are and, and what is right for the players and what is right for our sport. And there'll be 
as you say right now, there's a couple of clear, obvious uh, areas that are, are, are coming to fruition. I've not had any conversations with um, with the European League, but you know, I'm, like you, I'm <laughs> I follow it intensely and, and see what they're doing. And I guess what we've got to look at is, you know, what's the long term sustainability of that? What's the you know, some very clear, strong messages coming from Brett Gosper and the NFL about what they want to do in Europe. Yeah. Work closely with them. So what does that look like? You know, and how do we marry all this up? Because ultimately what we, you know, my job is to do what is the best thing for British American football and its players. And that's what we have to do. And we have to make sure that the, the, the partners we work with, the stakeholders we engage with, we're all aligned to create the same opportunities and the same, the same long-term goals that we, we want to achieve. So we want to work with people who want to do what we want to do. I'll tell you what, you, you do make it easy to root for you guys. I, I, I wish you nothing, nothing but success with all of that. Um, okay. But yeah, um, congrats on, on you and all your teams and all your volunteers and all the hard work. I wish you nothing but the best of luck for the, the upcoming games. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, we, we look forward to seeing all the results and all the games happening. Yeah, we've yeah we've got the got a, a nice new website, we've got a nice new get all the games on, and it's just going to be nice just to oh, just want to see some football, okay, guys. Yeah. It's, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I suspect that two o'clock first first scrimmage, that first kick, that's going to be that's going to be a whole explosion of energy <laughs> all all around the country uh, while that happens. And you know, I wish everybody the best of luck on. On Sunday, and I'll be uh, I'll be taking a game in, probably fairly local to me, but uh, I'll be being safe, wearing my mask, trying <laughs> not to uh, add to the to the levels of participants on the pitch. But uh, and let's just hope that uh, you know we have a hugely successful season, and I'm you know I'm really looking forward to it. And and thanks to you guys for your support, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I love it. Um, we'll leave links for all of the Buffer stuff um, below. Make sure you check them out. Um, you can also head over, find it all on our Facebook website, social medias. Uh, just Google that American Football Show. You'll find us. Um, Pete, thank you again for coming on. Really do appreciate it. Hopefully we get to speak to you uh, again after the season and kind of have a recap there. Thanks to everyone for listening. Make sure you head over and check out our friends at UP Sports. And we'll talk to you all next week.